the end of 1987, I got the best job in the world. I was selected to become the public affairs officer for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. I still have the hat. <laughs> a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, I got my first field trip, and it was to go up to Kotzebue to join a polar bear expedition. I met up with a team at the airport there, and we took off over the frozen Chukchi Sea. It was uh, middle of March, so the days were getting longer, but it was very cold, about 20 below zero, normal for there. And um, the little squadron we had was a helicopter that had the pilot, Gunner, a Vietnam-era pilot of helicopters, and two polar bear biologists. The other plane was a Super Cub that I was in, flown by Mike. Now, the idea is we'd fly around, and my job being to tell the story of the Fish and Wildlife Service, I was going to photograph the guys, what they did, and, and their, their whole thing, and tell that story. Well, we took off and flew around, but uh, for hours, we could not find any polar bears. So I was getting pretty depressed, but about 4 o'clock, the radio crackled on, and Gunner in the helicopter said, we've got a bear, we're going to dart it, so Mike, you land, and I'll come over and get Bruce and then he can take the pictures and we can take off and get out of here. Well, he sets the helicopter down and we look for a place to land. Well, the ocean isn't flat. It's got a lot of jumbled pieces there, so we had to look for ways to find a place flat enough for the airplane to set down. We finally found one about the size of a football field, the high school football field, surrounded by jumbles of, rock, of uh, ice. Um, as soon as Mike landed, I jumped out of the airplane and ran over did I tell you I get airsick? Uh, <clears throat> so I puked my lunch and the breakfast and a couple of dinners before that. Nice pile of hot steaming puke, but I covered it up so everything was fine. I got back to the uh, cockpit just in time to hear Mike talking with Gunner. Gunner's getting ready to take off. He says, can you hear me okay? Radio check. Mike says, I hear you fine. A minute later, Gunner says, can you still hear me? I can hear the helicopter in the background. Mike says, yeah, we're about five miles west of you. Gunner says, is this Mike? I'm supposed to be talking to Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, can you hear me? Oh my God, I've lost him. I thought I was talking to Jerry. I've lost visual contact with him. I've got to find those guys. The helicopter was just coming over the horizon and I saw it spin around and go back the other direction. I thought, oh my gosh, have we lost the polar bear biologist in the middle of the Chukchi Sea? I couldn't think of anything to do. I felt responsible because he was coming to get me. Absent-mindedly, I just sort of kicked a line in the snow, pointing toward the last place I had seen the helicopter. After a few uncomfortable minutes, he comes back on and says, I can't find him. I need more help. He comes back, lands the helicopter, and Mike and I both get in. We fly around for another 20 minutes. Nada. We cannot find those two guys. Gunnar finds out in the meantime that one of them even left their parka in the helicopter. We fly until Gunner says, we're flying on fumes, I need more fuel. Remember, it was late in the day when we started this. It was getting dark soon. We landed, and the plan was for Mike to get in the Super Cub, fly over to the nearest town, which was Shishmaref, a couple hundred, well, hundred miles or so away, get fuel, bring it back so we could continue the hunt. And uh, when he came back, we knew he would be coming back in the dark. We had one flashlight. He gave it to me, Mike gave the flashlight to me and said, stand here when I come back and wave the flashlight around. So he takes off, I'm there with Gunner, the helicopter's parked there. 
Gunner's getting very agitated. He says, those guys have the gun. We don't have a gun. If a polar bear comes over the ice, tell me, I'll start it up. I think we've got enough fuel. Maybe that'll scare him away. And I thought, oh yeah, this is a polar bear expedition. <laughs> Immediately, all the facts I had thought of before I went on the trip, the biggest polar bear ever documented was found on the Chukchi Sea, 2,200 pounds. That was a couple of years ago. <laughs> He's probably even bigger now. <laughs> they can run 25 miles per hour. They can smell a, sea, a seal under the water over a mile away. And then I remembered the puke. <laughs> they die of starvation, so they're always hungry. Well, we have these things going through our minds, and we're pacing a lot because it's still very cold, getting colder and getting darker. And wondering where Mike is, hour goes by, another hour goes by. Nine o'clock, still no Mike. But then we heard a sound of a plane. Thank God, he's finally here. We've got the fuel. Gunner runs over to the uh, helicopter cockpit, turns on the radio, puts on the blinker and says, Mike, Mike, can you see us? Mike doesn't answer. Another voice comes and said, this is Paul. Turns out another airplane was flying over. This is the middle of the Chukchi Sea. What are the odds of that? He was going from Diomede to Kotzebue carrying a couple of passengers. His name was Paul. He was a musher. Um, he offered to help, but he couldn't pick him up or anything. I remembered the vector in the snow. So I had told Gunner about that, and so I lined up myself behind the vector, and Gunner talked him over as he flew over the horizon in the same direction that Gunner had come, same altitude, same airspeed, and as he disappeared, the light over the horizon, <clears throat> we saw a little flash of light in the air. It was the guys on the ground, they had a little pen light. He saw that and he started to circle over them, so at least we'd found the biologist. We couldn't pick him up. We needed Mike for that. Where was Mike? Another hour went by. Finally, Mike comes by. Gunner talks to him, talks him in. I get my little flashlight, I'm waving it, and Mike is coming down like right at me. And uh, it's like I was being strafed or something. The plane comes closer and closer as I'm waving the flashlight, uh, and then I literally dove out of the way as the plane landed and skidded to a stop there. He had the fuel, we filled up the helicopter, and I went with Gunner, and we flew over to where the plane was circling over, and we saw that little flashlight again, landed, and thank God the two polar bear biologists were okay. They got in the helicopter with us, and we flew over. Now we're on this very dark piece of ice with Mike, and he's got a plane that has to take off around this jumble of wreckage of Arctic ice, um, and we only have one flashlight for this, this runway. We found a newspaper in the helicopter. We took it and wadded up the newspaper into three big wads of newspaper and put them in front of the plane, about 10 yards apart, and one pack of matches. Somebody was going to have to light that first one, and then the next one, and then the next one, uh, because we couldn't light them all at once. You know, I was the youngest one and had been doing some running, and so they said, you're the one to do it. <laughs> uh, my, my hands get cold, so I lit the first one, ran to the second one, gave the matches to uh, Jerry, who was standing there. He lit that one, and then I ran up to the third guy who was standing by the next one. 
By the time the third one was lit, the first one was in huge flames, six, eight feet high, as much as it could go, but we knew it wouldn't last very long. Mike was in the airplane, revving it up. He started going, and as he went past the first one, the flames were so high, his wing went right through the flame. But he went right past it, but when the prop wash went by it, it picked up all that burning newspaper and threw it into the air, a blizzard of fire behind him. He went past the next one. Again, more fire in the sky, this fire storm. He goes past the third one, and now the entire sky is filled with burning stuff, and it's starting to fade out. He gets to the big block of ice that he's trying to pass, and he goes over it, banks over, just barely misses it. As he flies away, the, the fire is coming back down to the ice where it goes out, and the four of us were <clears throat> the four of us were just standing there, relieved, dazed, silent. Only one word was spoken, me.